What is even up? It's your boy Kremlin with my boy Heckenstein. Welcome to yeah. Naughty Good Out. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Jan. Fine, fine. I mean, uh, despite uh, personal family health troubles, uh, pretty good, actually. Mm. And yeah. how about you? <laughs> Me. I mean, I guess I'm good. Uh, obviously, there's news and lots of it, which have you seen? This whole week, what's happening? <laughs> you look surprised. Ooh, ooh, no, <laughs> probably not. I, I didn't. I stay away from social media most of the time, um, and other media too. Oops. Understandable. But um, yes, the games industry has its Me Too moment right now. Has it? Well, I saw some a few things about that, but I didn't realize that it's that big. I mean, we ha we have had lots of coming outs, I guess of abusers in the games industry of the last few years, right? Well, yeah, but now right, it's exploding right now. It's, like, it's exploding, okay. <laughs> yes. So it's like, I'm, I can't even keep track. Uh, there's some people collecting uh, all the things that are being shared. And a lot of the people I don't know, um, you know, it's uh, everywhere. Streamers, Ubisoft apparently full of abusers that, that i read yeah and uh yeah a whole bunch of stuff um wait who did i know chris avalon or yeah. his name is from fallout that i uh, read yeah um the Portnow guy from extra credits yes yeah, you, okay you that is one i knew about that, already right? yeah that was yeah. uh that was a couple of years ago already but of course it's resurfacing yeah. now be, uh resurfacing now because apparently nobody mm. cared when that was yeah, I didn't. I had no idea of that. Yeah, that's uh, but yeah, loads of people, and um, basically my feed is just full of new stories uh, every day. Um, I'll look up the the person where I mostly see the um, the collections. That feels like. Like it's always been like bubbling under the surface, and now yeah. like a big bubble exploding. That's it was a long pretty time good. Time. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's good that it's out there and people are talking about it, and we reiterate uh, that this is not acceptable behavior. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, that should be clear. I guess it is. Everyone is clear on that, but yeah, that, that's why nobody's talking about it because. Everybody knows that this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> it's not supposed to be yeah. something that, that people can do. Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there is a very toxic culture, probably in every industry, hmm. um, of yeah, white men protecting each other and kind of edging everybody out. Um, like all these stories, they all share sort of the same element of, uh, you know, either having been unable to speak up or actually most of them seem to have tried, but having been dismissed, uh, gaslighted, fired for speaking up. And mm. so there's a whole thing of, yeah. Um, I forget who said that. As I said, I've been just reading a lot uh, 
of stuff. So I'm, it's all mm. getting a little bit, you know, tough to track who experienced what, where. Yeah, well, wasn't there a story about the HR person? Several. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, that's like the perfect place for for an abuser, right? To be in the HR. Yeah, there, I mean, there were a couple. Even something like that, uh, a woman reported someone to HR, and it turned out that that person in HR was dating that person, and then she was fired. The person who reported it for reporting the boyfriend of the hmm. HR person. And all kinds of crap like that. Um, yeah, HR seems in, to be a good idea, but if it's uh, undermined, then it's yeah, well, like the church church uh, investigating on itself. Um, I think I think that's that's what that HR is a good idea is what companies want you to think, but in the end, HR is to, there to protect the company, not to protect the employees. So it's uh, true. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's who pays the bills, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm guessing like reporting the police to the police. So <laughs> they're not going to look out for you. Um, yeah. <sighs> I always find it weird because it should be in the best interest of every company to make all their employees feel perfectly safe and happy so they perform good and be and are creative. But You'd think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This industry or industries in like most industries just are so focused on exploiting value that the individual person just falls off the table. Yeah. It's a shame. It's... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not never about people. It's about making the most money, which already starts with exploiting the people who create it. Hmm. Um, and then it's yeah a bro club. So if there's trouble, you're not gonna fire your bro. You're gonna fire the person who speaks up and causes trouble. Because if you weren't hmm. wouldn't say anything, everything would be fine to me because it's not happening to me. And yeah, it's that bias. Speak up and it's yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. It's it's weird. The HR shouldn't be shouldn't be work shouldn't be someone from another company or something like that right independent completely independent no friends in the company nothing just objectively looking that everything's up to standards it's a weird concept yeah it feels more like a pr gag than actually something else if you have a pr company that you pay and that mostly acts to protect the company yeah for sure and i have been hearing a lot of just terrible stories about hr in recent weeks also in uh, conjunction with various um you know uh with the black lives matter movement and everything uh there was a creator from uh from tasty who was fired uh, one of the few people of color they had a few black mm. people um and apparently they they were hounding her like for months after to sign a uh, separation agreement or something yeah. which would like give an insultingly low amount of money as a signing bonus for never speaking about the company what happened what mm. might have transpired there and it's um yeah companies just really try to protect themselves and not let any anything that's actually going on get out 
to get yeah. bad press or something and ah, it's such a mess i mean this is yeah this is just like under underlining my point about mm -hmm. the companies like protect themselves so much that they they protect themselves from growing because obviously you have to be regulated in some form and if you don't allow people to talk about it there can be no form no reform no change if there's something corrupt or bad in your company yeah I mean, this is exactly why we need unions for the workers um, which mm. has been an ongoing battle uh, to get to get that Get some representation and some leverage so that people cannot be exploited in the way that they are. Hmm. <sighs> I don't know so much about the unions. It, it feels like a very powerful way to bring people together to fight for their central rights, but it also feels like a, a single point of attack if to undermine and then exploit the people again. What do you mean? I know it, maybe that's just like Hollywood propaganda or something, but I have the feeling that that unions don't always have to um, be beneficial to the workers, but also if they are undermined, can just sign deals with the company chefs, you know, and silence the the workers, like opening up strikes and stuff. I really don't know enough to <laughs> talk about this. <laughs> I never have been invited to a union or anything. I mean, yeah. I think it's generally a good thing. I mean, you see it working in industries that have unions, you know, like especially Hollywood, which is probably why the Hollywood propaganda tells us how bad it is, um, hmm. because they have significant power over that. You know, you see that with the actors or writer strikes or something that when. Uh, people are being exploited or that there's very clear rules about stuff, what uh, in terms of crediting and all kinds of things. Um, I do think that uh, unionizing is, I mean, obviously it's a bad union. I mean, police unions are bad, obviously. Um, but if it's, but that's because it's people in power. I just find it weird that, you know, the people who have power have a union. Uh, union seems to be more thing for the, you know, the one with less so that they can organize and you know have some reach some um what do you call this yeah they can talk on the same level that has mm. a, a kind of a power a balance of sorts um that you know when a company requires people to work 120 hour weeks or something that the union can step in and say that's not happening you know or then organize mm. a strike because uh Obviously, it's it's difficult to organize that without a governing body of sorts. Um, because yeah. if you tell your colleague, "Hey, how about we all don't come to work tomorrow?" You know, I think everybody will have a little bit of trouble with that, and someone thinks, "Okay, but if I not come, and then the other one comes, and I'm going to be fired, and all sorts of things." Mm -hmm. Where it's just good to have like a central, um, you know, someone to negotiate that for you and to organize that for you, and have uh, penalties and all sorts of things uh, just for better working conditions. Yeah, it, it kind of protects the people like fighting against each other to get less exploited, I guess. Yeah, I, I do think it's uh, it's a good thing. And obviously, unions mm. can be problematic. There, is, um, there has also been a scandal with a UK one. I forget what their name was. I think it was Game Workers United or something like that. There was a, there was a case of that uh, 
one of the leaders of the union was had made racist remarks or something um, or pushed mm -hmm. someone out who had complained about them and then the union did more work to suppress those criticisms than stand up for people and then you obviously have a union that is not actually helping the but mm -hmm. is you know serving their own purposes or serving company purposes and that's not really <laughs> helpful then yep Probably you have to. It's more the fault of the way you organize your union. Mm. So if you have a good organization that can uh, regulate itself, like exactly the thing with the companies that people can speak out and everyone is heard and there's a correct democratic uh, foundation, then it should be hard to undermine them. I mean, then then you yeah well then you got populism again. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough balancing act, I think, in in all forms of cooperation, and but still, cooperation seems to me like the the best thing to do. Yeah, I guess, like you said, I also have not uh, looked too much into unions, so I don't really mm. know that much about them. Just um, the pushback I see against uh, unions, like <laughs> what was that uh, where Elon Musk offered his workers like an extra day off a year or something to not unionize or something like that. Just basically when you see rich people fight mm. unions, then you know yeah. there's something to it, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if the big guys are afraid, that's exactly, yeah. then that's exactly what you need. Definitely. <laughs> If that, if this isn't the call to unionize, if your <laughs> your boss says please don't do it, <laughs> gonna give you one day less work <laughs> each. Uh, let's see, year. Mm. <laughs> like, I, no, I forgot what it was exactly. It was just ridiculous. Um, and I think Amazon. That's also always been a a thing that the workers want to unionize in this. As I said, I've, that's something I need to learn way much, mm. way more about to, to talk about it. But, uh, yeah. but yes, so hectic week, um, of course, uh, similar to um, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, makes me, you know, think about my own behavior a lot and trying to, you know, kind of reflect on uh, in which ways I may have contributed to these things um, or you know, treated people in a similarly bad way. Mm. And, and yeah, it's just, um, I guess it's just really a time to, you know, examine everything and just do a whole lot better. Because, uh, yeah, when I look back over the last, you know, 10 years or something, um, I have mentioned this before that there's, you know, a lot of things where I learned to do better, learn more about them, you know, try to unlearn toxic behaviors that I've internalized um, mm. and various isms that I've internalized. And, um, but it's still such a continuous process that I still, yeah. I can look back just a couple of months and still see something that was not really quite okay. You know, and so it's, uh, and especially with these stories coming out there, it also like, I mean, of course, I've been sort of aware of this problem and having, you know, done 
the day and all the reactions I got to it. Um, and obviously that made a lot of people talk to me also. Um, I, I guess they felt that I would understand and hear them, which I try also. Right? And so I've, I know a lot of these stories and they all like, yeah, it's, it's like I'm not surprised by these things I'm reading today, but mm. um, it's also driving home various elements of it like how even small things uh, like contribute to this. And um, so, so yeah, I was kind of thinking about my behavior and cringing a little bit here and there. Um, I mean, a lot of it, I already kind of feel like I've you know, worked through and the people um, you know, that were affected by it. Um, I've talked to a lot of them mm. um, already you know, over the last years trying to uh, you know, apologize and yeah, of course. I mean, and everything, but I still find some stuff where I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that was that was actually. I thought, you know, I was just being whatever, mm. but that's obviously coming from a very privileged position of not, you know, and not being aware of all the power dynamics, like of the intricacies of it. And mm. uh, so, yeah, there's more. There's more work to do. Always yeah, but work to do. of course, of course, there's. I mean, this is not not something we. This is, some, this is how it has to be. Like this is part of the process. It's part of being human, right? Like, sure, growing, learning the things, and you know, de-learning all the bad stuff you learned in the past. Yeah, for sure. It's um... we'll never be perfect, and we we are, I guess, product of our times. And to make things better, we have to change who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think I think it's it's actually great. You you should be maybe happy about each each time, and you you realize that there's something to be done that could be better. And I think like we can look at times like we have in the last couple of weeks we had, mm -hmm. and look at it and think it's how great opportunities these are to change and to rethink how you. Uh, process information, how you behave, especially like as <laughs> white dudes, of course, <laughs> who don't have to do that very often. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I get what you're saying. I guess um, I'm reluctant to to think about it into um, you know forgiving away because, of course, yeah, sure, it's, no, a, it's an opportunity not to forgive. To... Of course, not to forgive. You know, just for example, this uh, what you just said with you know what a great opportunity to learn. You know, if you think about what mm. this great opportunity is built on, that's not so comfortable. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. And so I'm, of course, I am not not proud of where I am and how far I've come, but that doesn't because it's been a lot of work, and I've been trying to do the work and like walk the walk, mm. right? I mean, I've been talking about some of these things for. I'm not you know, talking about being being proud though. Yeah, <laughs> but in a way, I I kind of I'm a little bit proud of myself. Not in terms of oh look at me or anything, but just for me personally, I mm -hmm. have found sort of um, a I have kind of reached a place where I am sort of happy with who I am, mm. mostly, <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than being broken up about who I was. Too much. I mean, not like, like that. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever or anything. But um, you know, suffering from 
depression and dealing with self-loathing and everything you know this is a obviously a thing that is in my head at all times and there's a lot of reason to hate myself you know even legitimate ones started off with you know coming from emotional abuse and stuff Mm. Uh, but then you know i also took on some of these patterns and i internalized some of the stuff that i did to other people um kind of what was done to me and but also kind of worse because they have all this extra stuff you know where they don't have the this this respite of privilege (laughs) where i get to not think about a whole lot of things um and i guess i'm very embarrassed by those things um and i feel quite awful about it i kind of wish i could erase the last 30 years and just start at this point then get better from here (laughs) which i'm sure i still have to do um that's always the thing I try to keep in mind that I am not done because obviously, mm. you know, if I now do better than I did a year ago, um, then clearly it's gonna keep gonna keep going. But um, I try not to like be satisfied uh, or too happy mm. with with where I or assume that I'm not doing anything wrong. I mean, I guess that's why I keep yeah. thinking about it. But um, but I guess a part of me is also like you know. Okay, I'm I'm glad that I'm able to do that because I see the impulse mm. to not do that, and mm. I have also been very exactly yeah. That that's the the point that I was trying to mm. um, get at because I, f- I think a lot of people and I certainly felt uh, when I read stuff that uh, makes me revalue revalue my privilege, for example, just for for one example that I get a little hesitant and um, it hurts to admit that you you have made mistakes, but that's an, an important part to growing. That's why I think like if you went through the last days and you were like, ah, it's, it's a bit much. And then you realize, oh no, it has to be that much. <laughs> it has to be so loud and, and um, so violent. Yeah. And I, I'm part of the problem still, although I try to do my best and I don't want to think about myself as being part of the problem. Um, that, that, that I don't get too hung up about it, but think, okay, but this is how it's supposed to be for me. I have to learn this. And it's good that I'm becoming aware of it so I can change. Yeah. yeah. And so basically not yeah. I think last week you said to be uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I want you to become comfortable with or accepting that you are growing. And growing means seeing your own faults and doing actively something to get better. For sure. And I guess that's kind of what I mean, that I'm, you know, I am uncomfortable. <laughs> which I'm comfortable with being, which I want to be, you know. Uh, because, yeah, I don't want to be a problematic person. I want to, you know, be good to people. And I want to help people. And I don't want to achieve that by pretending that all the bad stuff isn't there, you know. Hmm. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's just one of these things, you know. Uh, I just fucked up a lot (laughs) and I didn't even realize it, you know, until some things, not even until recently. And that's just the, 
it's just a thing where I just have to remind myself, you know, not to get comfortable again in thinking I've grown enough hmm. um, or done enough or whatever. Because, because yeah, um, yeah, I I do feel that uh, all these uh, when I read, you know, the comments under all these things and. Um, when I see people derailing and being like all whatabouting and um, mm. questioning and mm, isn't it maybe like this and all this kind of mm. bullshit, you know, it upsets me also because I recognize this impulse also in myself, that that yeah. impulse is there and also that impulse to ignore it or to say, no, I am actually a really good person now. And and also <laughs> that same thing of that I want want to be known as a good person that someone tells me wow you're one of the good ones and all this bullshit right that you have to actively hmm. <laughs> and sometimes down. you read comments and you, you think like oh shit i could have wrote something like that just a few years ago <laughs> but i did <laughs> maybe it's time to delete it <laughs> yeah um sure i, re I remember i think most of that the the impulse to tweet against stuff I read um, was squashed with Gamergate. Was it was it Gamergate? I don't remember. Yeah, that was but there there was the first time I, I think there was that was the first time I thought that although I knew the, the true background of Gamergate from the beginning, um, I thought that maybe we are going overboard <laughs> with, with this. Maybe maybe we we I just wanted the whole Gamergate thing to stop, but I because obviously most of the people I follow are left-leaning and progressive. So that, that's where I got to say, maybe let's not make this too big a deal. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just stopped commenting altogether on the topics like that. I just like shut your mouth, think about it, and then there's no reason to say anything. <laughs> Except like now in the hood out, where we, or to you, like personally, where we, we used to even back in the day when we didn't broadcast it to the world. <laughs> Just talk about all the stuff we, we learned and all the stuff we read in the internet and being very involved, at least like on an interested level, on a cerebral level with, with what's going on there in yeah, social I causes. I mean, that's sort of the, the only value I kind of see in you know, talking about these things, because obviously we don't really have anything to add to this. That's uh, probably mostly the people it's happening to. And it's also obviously a problem that uh, we're kind of conditioned to think that we need to say something to everything. <laughs> um, but I think there's uh, there's value in talking about how to, how we get away from that, or like to examine how these mindsets happen and how they... Hmm how they stopped happening for us at least. Because uh, I guess that's the one experience that we do have that we can add, how to be an idiot and how to get better. <laughs> 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 at least that's what I generally try to do. I think, uh, um, and what I hope is, you know, an okay way to, to contribute to this, um, you know, because obviously just being quiet about it is not really good hmm. uh, but centering yourself and talking over people also not good so mm -hmm. i hope that this kind of reflecting on the ways we fucked up um is a more valuable contribution yeah it's for me it's hard to think of 
of this like as contributing anything i always feel like we we don't have really the means to do anything but obviously i mean that shouldn't like prevent you from trying to do anything <laughs> just like ah oh, i don't i don't matter so let's not do anything isn't really the the right uh, way so yeah yeah it, it's it's definitely a good thing we 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 aren't like focusing on i don't know <laughs> playstation 5 reveal <laughs> just, just yet i mean we will never talk about that because we don't have any playstation didn't we already talk about that uh did we? Uh, we yes we looked at the design and we're laughing about how right <laughs> we looked at the design. <laughs> See, okay we've, well we've even done the thing already <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean obviously we don't have the biggest audience um and now we have like three or four people watching this uh i think one or two who listen to it as a podcast or on youtube or something uh hmm. it's gonna be there for a while i guess so if if we ever do have an audience i suppose people can still listen to this um but but yeah it's, i mean it's like with the with the shout outs to um the plugs for charity and stuff i like hmm. to do even though nobody watches my stuff there's no there's no yeah. harm in doing it, and if someone does see it, then maybe you know, even if it's like a micro drop in an ocean, why not? Hmm. Yeah. So, um, hello, Wendersil and Jana. How are you doing? Hmm. All is well. Hey I guys. <laughs> yeah. So Wendersil said, uh, "Happiness is hard to quantify." How to put in Excel sheets? True. Although I would argue there we have actually some some science behind how we can work more efficiently and like shorter work days, for example, like the four-hour week seems to be doing a quite good job. So I think we we are actually at the at the point where we can try to calculate happiness and equal it to productivity even in companies and i mean i obviously like hypnotic all <laughs> doesn't have like the means for that but if you like microsoft i'm sure google does it right they they have all kinds of cool stuff for their employees like pools i mean i've heard they also have like a toxic work culture so this seems to be a uh, problem that's not really uh, in the same ballpark but yeah um they seem to make their employees happy, and uh, for me, it feels like a given that like making your female employees feel safe will contribute quite a lot. <laughs> or people of color, or just anyone who works for you. Like, also, I think, isn't there science behind the idea that the more diverse team is more creative? Definitely, so, I, I've seen that. So, yeah. Definitely, companies still... should should if if uh, like the capitalist idea would work, companies should accept these as fact, like the science says it, and try to optimize their company for profit. And that would mean hiring people. I mean, maybe maybe I'm making it too easy because you, like the four-hour week could be more cost costly. For, for the company because they have to hire more people maybe although I uh, also, also I heard like 
if that capitalism needs like a, a, a percentage of unemployed workers so it's able to exploit the rest so yes. people have something to fear so maybe maybe that are the reasons why why our corporations in our current capitalist system aren't deploying these obviously scientifically proven good tactics to make uh, your workers more productive that are also moral and sure. <laughs> i mean that's um, i think there's a lot of complexities in that um anyway like for example the 40 hour work week is also designed to not let you have a lot of time so that you need all those um uh what do you call it like those conveniences um you know those time saving that you purchase uh time saving services uh and all that stuff hmm. so um so it's not really in capitalism's interest to have you be happy i mean obviously you're supposed to purchase happiness and also to like, give you enough time to recharge and everything because then i mean stuff like amazon and, and things that you can just click on something and you get it and it's not it's so convenient i mean that's why it's so successful uh but if and we need it now we don't need it necessarily but the convenience is very appealing because we just don't have the time really to but if we just worked four hours a day then we would have like all day to go to the bookstore instead of uh purchasing it real quick because we just get home make some dinner and fall asleep mm. for the next crunching work day <laughs> and of course it's also not about i don't think it is about um making good products or being very financially successful i think it's only about making the rich at the top richer obviously i mean that's hmm. not really a very revelatory insight or anything but <laughs> so happy workers and all that stuff making better products for more long-term gain that's never it's always short-term now hmm. you know all this yeah. stuff like they could it of course it would cost more to pay people properly but they don't want to Because that mm -hmm. would mean less bonuses for the people on top. You exactly. Know, like... and, and if you're just doing, like, as a CEO, I often heard that, that it's a good practice to change jobs as well, to get more money. So obviously you, you don't want to, to give your company long-term gain if you don't expect to work there for more than, I don't know, five years or so. Yeah. Well, let's, let's make it 10 years. But you should obviously try to make your corporation profitable for the next 100 years maybe you know think ahead then then global warming would would fall into the formula you, you had to think about yeah hmm. yeah it's this thing um jim sterling talks about that a lot the all of the money now hmm. or it's a failure uh, and it's not just not a sustainable model it's you know I, I think it's just rich people playing fantasy football with real jobs and real lives and because it's it's so mm. ridiculous you have what was it bobby kotick didn't he like um lay off like close to a thousand people so he could get a sinus bonus of 30 million which is not even a drop in the ocean of the billions he does have mm. it was basically i think it was an equivalent of like getting like we getting two bucks mm. and for that people's livelihoods were destroyed and it's just i mean that's that's not a that's not a human move that's a that's a gaming move uh, yeah yeah i think they for, for them it's a game yeah definitely and their high, high score is their bank account uh, yeah 
time in the cells. It oh. says one thing oh. you have. Oh, sorry. Hmm? I'll just go ahead. read out Mendesil's uh, yeah. comment. One thing you have to keep in mind with giving people more time is they then also have more time to think. If they begin to think, they recognize what goes wrong, and they, then you can't control them as good anymore. Um, hmm. Yeah, that is, I'm pretty sure there's all kinds of tactics to keep us down, to hmm. keep us unable to do really anything, um, to break us down also so we need you know to purchase that good feeling um hmm. there's all kinds of i mean we're being conditioned to feel like shit. yeah i mean this all down. sounds very conspiracy and as a big fan of conspiracies i think i have to make it clear that's not the illuminati behind it all <laughs> that's the rich people well I think it's yeah, it's the rich people. Obviously, it's now it's the rich people. It's their responsibility to change it, but they are just the beneficiaries of a system, and that system began when the first when the first people started exploiting other people for their benefit, and and somehow it compounded to such a ludicrous level that now people have like the top one percent more than I don't know how many percent of the how much percent of the rest of the population i mean this is it, it's it's really ridiculous people buying islands like <laughs> while other people can can afford rent this is just stupidly like if you if you made a game like this if you had an idea how some people would gain wealth and that would be cool but then somehow your system just malfunctions and some people get extremely rich and and start exploiting the other people and Obviously, they are at a position where they could change it if they wanted to, but why should they? <laughs> I mean, they're changing they're... it literally in the other direction. I mean, that's the thing. Like laws yeah, right. being crafted to benefit the rich and disadvantage the others. That's yeah, power oh. begets power. I mean, yeah, that's how it works. I, I, mean, I don't think they don't pay taxes. That that is from rich people lobbying. Yeah, but that's... I think there there's there is some effort to to curb this to make rich people pay taxes, for example. And as you know, something taken from you hurts a lot more. Like in, in gaming terms, it would be like if you if you want to um, hurt the player, you have to make him or make him unhappy. You have to make him happy like seven times as much, so that so so that he feels. I think it's it's from uh, multiplayer gaming, right? Ideal for people to be happy would be if they won every seventh. They yeah, lost every seventh game, and all the others, they would win. I think some someone calculated it somewhere. And yeah, just thinking where, where I got that from, I lost my point. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can you can in a lot of things like really track how people in power consolidate that power. Mm. You know, uh, right, right. I, what I wanted to say is, so there are some efforts to to curb the rich. And it hurts them so much that they try to, and they overachieve getting it back. And that, that's, I think, what, how, how it's possible for the rich to still want to have more. I think it's just like the, the, the idea that someone could get some of their riches that makes them, I don't know, so greedy that they grab and try to take more than they even have lost. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, how would you explain it if not like just pure evilness? 
Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, I've been also, I mean, now, um, you know, half living in South Africa and um, kind of learning a lot more about their history and everything. Uh, all that makes me think a lot more about um, how how these uh, these power structures and the consolidation thereof works. Because, um, for example, the whole thing with uh, apartheid, right, which ended on paper in '94, which also is not very long ago. <laughs> it's um, 1994. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's so crazy. We were already in school. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember '95 very fondly. Maybe it was because of apartheid being finally cancelled. Yeah, it's so that was not very long ago, and and then you think, you know, how do these things happen? Did they happen because of protests? Like, and my, I mean, I also still don't know close to enough about history to like even muse about anything, but some, you know thoughts that are kind of forming about the whole thing is that when there is enough public pressure, when there's enough outrage, when the rich notice oh, the guillotines are about to come out, hmm. then they make small concessions, but kind of placating ones. Because I think it would be hard to argue that apartheid is actually over in South Africa. It is hmm. clearly not. Um, Sure, certain laws may have been, um, you know, uh, abolished or whatever. But really, there's I think no of, officially over. Really fits fits. <laughs> it's officially, officially over. <laughs> yes, and then you have, um, of course, it has a black government, but and I think that's kind of the trick that was pulled. People have been put into government who benefit the white people, mm. who benefit the money. Because the yeah. corruption is out of this world there. They could, you know, be a really prospering nation if they wouldn't, you know, bring everything out of the country. You know? Mm -hmm. And there's um stealing all around. And it's clear that basically just the face of the of the state that the governing body has changed, but they're still working for the same people. The same people are still in power. They just made it seem uh, like something has changed. And I feel like also in a very gaslighting way, because now it's now it's a black government doing the same thing. And in some parts, I mean, you know, my mother-in-law, she's she has a couple of things she misses from apartheid, things that were better and such. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, the highways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that, but... Um, but basically, I feel like there's sort of a, a nationwide gaslighting of, see, black people are not trustworthy. They are fucking it up just as much as, or even worse than the white people. And see, now you, you wanted this, now you have it kind of a thing. Mm. And you really... It's, 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 they don't have it harder <laughs> narrative. They, mm. uh, yeah, they excel at in America. And you really it's... notice how it messes with the people because the mistrust mm. between black people in South Africa is really something really something else. It's kind of strange to experience. Um, mm. 
because I obviously, I mean, most people I meet there are wonderful human beings, um, really creative, kind, awesome people. And pretty much everyone I meet tells me they have no friends because they were betrayed or they fell out or something. And it's, it's just, it seems like the divide and conquer has worked so well that nobody trusts anyone. Everybody assumes that the other one is out to screw them over. So they mm. try to screw them over first. And meanwhile, the 10% or whatever of white people that exist in the country, was it, it was around 10, I think. Um, they live prosperous. Obviously, the rich, corrupt politicians stay That's rich 10%. and corrupt. Wow. It, is, it is very low. And of course, they own 90% or more of the land and everything. I mean, that's an ongoing discussion there, the redistribution of land. Um, Did you know that Elon, Elon Musk is uh, from South Africa? Yes. Yeah, I just learned that recently. <laughs> it kind of opened my mind a bit <laughs> after having visited South Africa and, and met the, pe the white people there. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a strange bunch. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, they are lovely people. Uh, most the people I, but it's, 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 it's weird. It's really weird. I mean, they are living, living there as white people with this bearing contrast between just the living conditions between white people and black people every day. Yeah. And yeah, well, that's how it is in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a second thought about there has to be something has to change it's it's more uh, yeah things like they are now they they should stay like it they are <laughs> it's perfectly fine how it is yeah even like now with the conversations about um giving back the land and everything you know now they're acting like you can't steal our land and you're just as bad as the you know always that bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's reverse stealing <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's well, it's, it's Indian it's giving, I guess, in the sense that you should actually think about that term, right? Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. It is. It is wild the things people come up with to to gaslight nations, and hmm. and yeah, and in the end. Nothing really changes. Yeah, it changes on paper, but the power doesn't change. And so, mm. and I feel like through these acts, it gets harder and harder to do something about it um, because they're just so good at this gaslighting and manipulation. So that it feels like, oh, a victory was achieved. Apartheid has ended. The war's over. We won. Everything's okay now. But actually, everything's the same. But now it's harder to convince people of that again. <laughs> Okay, yeah. hmm? so this reminds me of something I, I read. I think I watched a video about how the French Revolution, because you you, you mentioned the guillotines, mm -hmm. um, how in the French Revolutions, the elite managed to, to shift. Ah, I think that that's how they kickstarted the whole... Um, the whole capitalism problem because the rich elites which were obviously the people of the good families mm -hmm. uh, needed to find a way to keep their riches without um, saying okay well this is hereditary uh, 
we are just the rich. That's just how things are. So they they started this. Uh, I, I wish I would remember the the video I watched about, but it made it really clear that they uh, that the same people that were rich before the French Revolution were rich after it. But mm -hmm. now it was because they were uh, just such good work. They were just using their wealth to help the people, and sure. uh, they had rightfully uh, worked for their money. Although all that that riches came from the family heritage they had before the French Revolution. So uh, exactly the same thing you just <laughs> said. Yeah, seems to be a pattern. Yeah. Um, Wendell just recommended a video, um, CGP Grey, The Rules yes. for Rulers. That's, that might be it even. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to wait. Oh, yeah. okay. It's, uh, I just saw that it's, uh, the, the link has been visited, but I just clicked on it because I was just like, have I watched this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to check that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. CGP Grey makes great content. Mm. Very, very great. Yeah, I thought you, you you heard the the beeping sound that's going on in my flat right now. No, I hear sleeping. <laughs> I think my neighbors Great. are working on something again. Of course they are. Always still working on that on that wall between you. <laughs> and <them. laughs> it is crazy how often they drill and stuff. It's... Please just go over there once and ask them what they are doing. Just once. I, I have to problem. know. <laughs> I will do it. Oh, sure. You Next time I come around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to open that jar. Yeah, as I said, I also like to be loud. So I don't want to bother. I don't want them bothering me. So I don't bother. Oh, look at that. I just noticed we have the the text down there from the Yemen crisis. Oh, oops, I didn't even see it. Well, well it's still going on, so. Okay. <laughs> I'm also still going to plug that at the end again, so I'll just turn it off for now, since we're not talking about that right now. Um, but yeah. Anywho, so yes, the world is a mess, as always. And yeah, maybe it's time for the guillotines again. I mean, I say maybe, but, you know, it's time. <laughs> I don't think we need to kill anyone, except yeah. she really, really doesn't want to give up their wealth. We just need the money. No, just they're not going to give it to us. And they control the armies no. then, so, and the police. So what can we do about a war? Hmm. I mean, they say that it takes disasters to actually change something and clearly corona isn't it so guess it's gonna be a violent revolution after all well we'll see i mean we will so do I you have a... <laughs> oh, sorry. i usually i usually very partial about like violent revolutions um like last time the the demonstrations with the police and the violence with the police and was in, in Leipzig. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a talk with a with someone and somehow I just realized that as long as the police is 
telling and the news is re reporting that like the left leading progressive people, the Antifar are the real antagonists and they are burning everything and destroying and uh, and all the media coverage is of the few people who do destroy something. There's no reason to hold back. I mean, if they make them dividends, why should I like now argue for people being more civil and not destroying anything? There's no sense in it because we it will be framed that way anyway. It so. will, and I mean, we have been people have been asking nicely forever. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. We say, please, Jeff Bezos, give us your needless hundreds of billions because it fi could fix literally every problem in the world. And he's just like, nah, I'm going to buy a stadium and name it. Someone should do something about climate change stadium. That is a real Much thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Well, I, you know, they are so so intelligent because how how else should they get in these positions? So they certainly know better how to spend the money um, for the good of all people. Yes. <laughs> no questions asked mm, or yes. else. The trickle down is really working well for us. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yes, that's the thing. Nobody who's that rich got it through moral means. So we can't expect them to be moral about it. Hmm. It just doesn't happen. I think there, there there may be a, a couple of people, but they will not get hard that money. They will use it as they get it. I think there are there are a couple really good companies out there who do good work, but they will never get the same shares as Amazon, even if they have great great products, because their products are more expensive and they pay their workers more. I'm they sure just you can still can find somewhere in that chain something that is not quite. Oh, of course, we are nobody's perfect. We all have to to work, and we need uh, an, at least one HR person from another company <laughs> who has no friends there and who will be objectively judging and reprimanding the company. I think a company should be like managed like like a government, like with independent organs that regulate each other, so yeah. it doesn't really. Like we do, for example, you and me. <laughs> um, I mean, I, mean, I like, feel regulated. <laughs> um, I mean, like even outside of that, somewhere in the production chain, I bet there's something that's going to be produced uh, overseas by exploited workers. There's always something, always something yeah. that is built on someone else's back. Even the technology we use like this PC right here is probably not completely unproblematic. <laughs> well, yeah, no, so, no. Most likely not. Yeah. But yeah, let's not pretend the, the consumers are the problem. Oh, no, that's, I mean, that's the thing. Huh? We, we talk so much about what we as individuals have to do better. Don't use a straw and don't fly and everything when really you could stop all of that stuff and you would make a, of one mm. percent or something, I think it was mm. one or two percent. Yeah. While it's seventy companies responsible for ninety percent of the something mm. like that. Or it was the other way around. Ninety companies so responsible for seventy percent of the uh, global warming. Um, and so yeah, no, you can't you can't really do anything other than shut those companies down, and that's a that's a process. 
Anyway, do you have anything on your topic list? Anything that's less depressing for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so, um, want to talk about a movie? A old movie. Yes, please. <laughs> I think I can't. I can't move that fast here. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry. So I watched the Truman Show with my girlfriend last night, and I remembered it as a, like a comedy, which was maybe like a rom com or um, a dramedy mm-hmm. at most, something like. Stranger in Fiction, not not as good as Stranger in Fiction, but just a fun movie to watch. And wow, this is this is dystopian sci-fi thriller that could be written by um, uh, what's his name? Charlie Kaufman. No, no, no. Uh, Terry. The Gilliam. other one. Nope. <laughs> Although it could be written by Terry Gilliam as well. <laughs> No, the the short short uh, story guy. Short story. Uh, yeah, he writes short stories, uh, science fiction short stories with a twist. Philip K. Dick. Yes, exactly. Oh. oh. I mean, if you think about it, it's a guy mm-hmm. who realizes that his whole town is in on an co- in a conspiracy <laughs> against him, and he's the <laughs> only one who's n- not in on it. I mean, it's it's crazy, and then. I mean, he, his whole reality is fake and he has to come to the conclusion, he has to realize it mm. and then he has to interact with all those people who are pretending to be. And he's gas- gaslit by everyone he meets, everyone. True. It's, it's, a, it's in a surprisingly great movie still. It starts a bit slow and I was like, ah, wow, that's, that's really, really 90s, huh? <laughs> it's really... Really a 90s movie. Uh, I think ni- 1996, so two years after Apartheid. Um, and man, such a great movie. <laughs> really, I have, uh, highly, highly recommend it. I have mm-hmm. to rewatch it myself. Um, I saw it when I was young. Uh, yeah, me too. Never seen it again. I remember it. How do I remember it? I mean, I remember this kind of being sort of weird, and as he discovers all yeah. this stuff, there's a couple of images burnt in my head, like with the uh, when he then talks to Ed Harris, and uh, they they show this short video of people mailing themselves as Christmas presents, jumping out and saying "Hey" in the camera and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some images burnt into my head, uh, but yeah, it's 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 been a while. But I also remember it being kind of sad, so I guess that's why I'm always like a little bit eh. It's not sad. It's not sad. No. Not sad. Uh, it's pretty inspiring, I think. Mm. It's. I mean, it, it should be considered as science fiction, really. Mm. I mean, not only the, the way he, he finds it, he, he realizes it. And the, I think the technique, at least for that time, if not now, is not here yet. Mm. So it's impossible. So technically, it's science fiction. And ah, just the movie is just so great. It has like a, a great emotional arc. Mm-hmm. It has something to say about morals and about philosoph- philosophical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's just this, this, I don't know, this 
conspiracy horror that this <laughs> the poor Truman has to endure to realize and then to flee this fake reality he's living in. <laughs> and and the movie really exp looks at the this idea the from all angles. So you see the you see Truman, his his perspective. You get the perspective of the actors and what they think about it. You you, you see the the producer and, and how he's really thinking of Truman as his baby and, and is really holding on to it and, and doesn't want it to change. Um, but also wants to make like a great piece of art, mm -hmm. which I guess you, you really have to think about. And then um, you see the audience reacting uh, to this, this live show and like being on the side of Truman, although he's exploited <laughs> by the whole thing. Yeah. And then, then you have the, the, the person who uh, Truman at the start, I mean, I, um, I hope I'm not spoiling anything for anyone, but he falls in love with a woman, like accidentally, who is not supposed to fall in love with him. And he, mm. she gets shoved off uh, um, out of the screen and, and he never gets to meet her again. And he, but he still is in love with her and he still tries to find out where she is and everyone is watching it. And she outside now from his world is also watching the show, watching Truman, remembering her and thinking about her. It's just wow. <laughs> There's so much in it. It's it's really, really, really great movie. Didn't didn't think it would be that great. I guess I'll have to rewatch it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um just real quick, uh somehow your your video feed is very stuttery or like low yeah. frame rate. Um, do you yeah, I don't know what that is. Do you want to hmm? try to reconnect real quick? Uh, sure. Maybe I can just re reconnect and then it should still work. Yeah, well, you will see. It should. I'll Hopefully. try. Should open. <gasps> mm -hmm. That looks a little bit more fluid. Not really. Thing is, uh, just now when you were talking, it was like one frame per second. Um, I feel like this looks a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I've been watching? Mm. The floor yeah. is lava. <laughs> great. Oh, man. What a great concept for a show. <laughs> I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, how so is dumb. it only now happening? This is such a, such a 90s... Uh, Idea it is so 90s. The whole show yeah. is so 90s. It's <laughs> it's wild. The whole way it's it's made the hyper theatrics of the whole thing. Like nobody's normal in this. It's like uh, <laughs> like those old action commercials where the narrator always yells everything at you. And <laughs> <laughs> great, <laughs> and it's so. It's so fun somehow. It's weirdly tense in moments, especially. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's always so much fun when the people like are almost at the end and then fail. <laughs> well, yeah, I I had a blast. I just watched the whole thing in one go. Um, Great, it's very yeah, nice. I saw that, but I wasn't sure. And it, I don't I don't like these these reality TV show things. Mm -hmm. But I thought like this is such a great idea. It's it's good good that you you took the bullet and can tell me now <laughs> it's, it's it's good to watch because <laughs> i don't want to get disappointed by such a great idea 
No, it's it's really good, but in a really nineties sense. So it's like, like, like not it's not updated nineties. It's just nineties. <laughs> so yeah, it's give it a shot. Um, yeah, I think sounds, sounds great. Yeah, I don't know it's that was a lot of fun just uh, watching people trying to, and it's something that is so I would love to do it. Try to see if yeah. I can get through the courses. <laughs> it should be like like an adventure park just with this. Theme. Yeah, this should be the new exit room, the new craze. What? Yes, <laughs> yes. Exit room with more action. <laughs> Could be a next step, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> the floor is lava. Such a great concept for a show. I mean, it, it, it's all—it's almost so good that that it it should be like mentioned in some sitcom or something. Someone should have thought of this before. Yeah, yeah it is weird because I have seen that concept uh, mentioned in a lot of TV shows. Yeah. Like there's a whole episode well, a in Community. Kids game, right, in, in the US. Yeah. So clearly I mean, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Just someone had to fill a room with hundreds of gallons of slime and then <laughs> make people jump over it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Do you feel like an adult, by the way? Okay. Incidental like question. <laughs> I mean, we are pretty happy about the show that's called Floor's Love. <laughs> and I, I recently thought about it, like a friend of mine told me that she, she's getting 40 now. Um, mm. She doesn't want to, um, to have a party. She's not celebrating this. Mm. And I really thought about age and like how old I am and First off, I think we should really think about our age like a high score, like how many years you managed to survive. <laughs> I think yeah. it just makes it much more fun. You shouldn't be afraid to get 40. You should be happy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, then I, then I wondered, how is it that I don't feel like an adult now? I mean, like a lot of my friends, they have kids. They are married, for example. <laughs> and yeah, I don't feel like an adult, not at all. And I wonder, is it because we're just like, we're just having the time to play more? Or is it that like getting, becoming an adult means like, did you know all there, all you need to know, all there is for you, basically? So now you can on path, pass that on to the next generation. Because obviously, we're living now in an information society, so that there's there is no no point anymore where you have learned all you need to know. You always have to learn more. Mm. Is, it, is this, I mean, I don't know how it used to be. Maybe I, I'm like making the past too easy and, and saying like back in the day, you didn't have to know that much. Like let's say 16 years and you knew all there is in your, it's <laughs> <laughs> probably not it, but yeah. I just wonder, is this like the new, I mean, obviously this is a new phenomenon. What, where does it come from? I think for myself, I would say I do feel like an adult, but just in a, 
more realistic way, I guess, a less propaganda-y way. Um, and I feel like when I think about what I thought adulthood meant as a kid, or what is still being, uh, what I'm still being told adulthood means, um, is basically to not have fun and to just function in the machine and to be responsible, and to make a lot of money and spend a lot of money and have all of the kids and... <laughs> Uh, yeah, just basically have a boring life, I guess. And mm. I feel like just that I'm able to have fun and to not limit myself in that way and that I do things and everything makes me not feel like the traditional adult model, but I still feel grown up, especially now that um, you know, I have younger nieces and nephews who mm. I'm talking to and I'm noticing that I know a lot of stuff. And I also notice that I become sort of that old man telling the kids how to act <laughs> and uh, complaining about them when they go partying when there's a pandemic. And it's like, kids, why are you being stupid? <laughs> just stay home. <laughs> and, Maybe that's just it, that I don't have so many people that are younger than me uh, in my vicinity that can show me how old I actually am. Yeah, I think, I think I would, I think that's the thing. I would define adulthood as just kind of knowing, just kind of a certain sense of self, like a stable sense of self. Because I don't, mm -hmm. I think that's sort of the thing that I've gained over the years, just really understanding how I work, uh, how the world works, um, kind of my place in it, sort of, you know. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly what I thought adulthood would mean but for me i always learn new things about me and about how the world works i don't really feel like i've have it really figured out yet i mean i i have i guess like a sense of self that's fairly stable but i all the time realize like things i i do subconsciously and i maybe even want to change <laughs> and yeah and that change and find new perspectives on life that feel more important than the one I had before. But maybe mm. that's all the self-help books. <laughs> well, maybe that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of um, questions you're starting to ask yourself, like in recent months, I would say, um, and to kind of unpack uh, your own psychology and everything. I feel like you're, you're still kind of very much in the middle of that process. Um, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's triggered by a lot of things, right? Like the whole, the way we work and everything, what we want to do with work, all those tough phases of trying to figure out how to deal with certain things and uh, hmm. still kind of find a way to be okay dealing with certain anxieties and all that stuff. And, um, hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe it's said that you're still just in the middle of working out those those mechanisms. And hmm. once you well, have... I know I know one thing about me, and that's that I'm a little bit slow in everything. <laughs> so yeah. that checks out. <laughs> I mean, those things are also a question of opportunity, I would say, because we're not being taught those things. We're not being given the tools to actually figure this stuff out. We're kind of being 
imbued with unrealistic ideals and things that are expected of us. And then we are sent out to just crash on our own when we can't achieve those impossible mm -hmm. goals. And the rest we have to figure out for ourselves. And um, because I would say that a lot of that gives me a sense of stability and that sense of self is those years and years of therapy um, that mm -hmm. like dealt with exactly that understanding what am I even, how does all of this work? Um, get learning all those tools that I feel everyone should actually learn, you know, in childhood. Um, yeah. And wouldn't, wouldn't that be a great thing if like school taught you things that were important in life? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It is, that is one of those things that I find really upsetting, um, you know, in getting better, uh, just seeing how ill-prepared and like actively, um, obstacles actively given to us, like being taught mm -hmm. the exact wrong, wrong things to deal with things. Um, like this whole thing of what we're talking a lot about now. Um, self-reflecting, being open to change, all these things are things that we had to learn, right? Because we were taught you have to just assume that your opinion is always right and just talk so long that the other until the other person shuts up and that's how you deal with no, anything. <laughs> I would say you are taught that you ought to be right at all costs. That That's the important thing, that you are right. That That's how you will be graded. Yes, but not and, actually by being right, but just by talking louder than everyone else. Well, what what tools do you have? <laughs> you weren't told anything. <laughs> you were just like, that's how things are. If you know that, well, you're right. If you don't know that, well, you're wrong. That's it. <laughs> Remember those things. Repeat them in the next exam. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, having to learn like a simple thing, like changing your mind when you get new information. That's yeah. like such a basic thing, but also such a, so important to quality of life. With how mm. are you actually going to get to a point where you're good if you can't change because you already know anything, even though you don't know anything. And mm. yeah, it's just, there's a lot of toxicity that there is to unpack and unlearn and and yeah, it would be certainly nice. I, I I mean, I am not sure if I'm going to have kids. I keep like, uh, I, mean, I always wanted kids, but now I'm always like in 10 years, maybe. <laughs> and I have a feeling I'm going to say that for the rest of my life in 10 years. maybe. <laughs> um, but if I do, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like, how would I actually do this better? Like, what are ways to like, actually teach someone? Um, all uh, these I, I have one idea. Yeah, hire an HR person from another company <laughs> to stand by and helps you deal with it. And the kid can go to the HR and mm -hmm. uh, form complaints against you. Maybe. Well, I guess ideally I would try to be the kind of parent where the kids can talk to me and I'm not just saying, shut up my house, my rules or whatever. Uh, <laughs> But have a conversation about it um, and figure it out and not assume that kids are stupid 
Yes, I mean, obviously a lot of the time you know, kids can actually have like some very cutting insight because mm. they're not, they haven't been conditioned to have the assumed answer to everything. Yeah. All those internalized things. I think that that's another like benefit from getting kids or having kids mm. is that you, you get this perspective back mm. that you learn how much is really learned and how much yeah you kind of forgot yeah marvel at like little moments and all that that stuff and living in the moment yeah although i guess like children could be uh, so stressful that <laughs> all that <laughs> high ideal will not work out in the end i don't know yeah, i wonder how these things happen like if that's a because all behavior is learned, right? I mean, there's a couple instinctive reactions yeah. to things, but if you have annoying kids, there's probably something that causes that, right? And I'm just wondering if, if hmm. I mean... Well, what's really annoying about the kids? Is it, are your kids annoying or are you annoyed by your kids? <laughs> yes, that's what I'm wondering. I mean... Uh, I'm a pretty chill person. My wife is pretty chill sometimes. And um, so I just wonder if two chill people have kids, if they're not just going to be chill kids. You know? But I hope like children, children challenge you. They test you. So I think you, you, you don't, being chill is not enough. You have to be able to critically look upon yourself and improve and grow with them i think because sure, they, they will find out what you like and then they will turn it against you i mean i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm. i guess i wonder if that depends on how you how you treat your children if you're always kind of like having that i'm smarter than you position so that the kids are challenged to outsmart you um, uh, okay, how that yeah, would work yeah. if you if you always talk to them like I mean I feel like that would come at least that would come easy to me because I think I don't talk differently to people no matter who they are how old they are um, I'm noticing that a lot when I talk to <laughs> my younger nieces uh, who don't speak English so well I, I still speak the exact same way I don't I don't use simpler words until I'm asked or anything I just I don't think about it. I just talk, you know, hmm. and then I go on about capitalism or whatever. And she asked me, what's a corporation? <laughs> Teach him young. What can you do? <laughs> I just wonder if, if kids already feel capable and they don't feel like they have to compete to prove themselves or anything. And maybe that's, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I think, don't know. I think it's, it's important how, how, children kids feel how they are in their early life right and that i think a lot of of that you take with you in your in your later life at least for me i i feel like i, I did <laughs> and like proving myself became like or being perfect became a very important thing in my life uh yeah. more important than it, than it should be yeah for sure i have that same problem obviously yeah. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely do think that, and you know, the more, 
therapy and self-reflection, everything I've done. I actually really think it's those first couple months even, maybe how you treat it then, that like mm. makes so much of a difference already. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, I don't know, because I can kind of track back like how we have certain things started, which is very weird to figure out. Know, and um, yeah, it's like I think from the first moment, it's like really crucial, like how safe a kid feels and how loved a kid feels, because that uh, that obviously it's it's hard to fix. Um, hmm. I, I really noticed that. I mean, I have a lot of love in my life. I have uh, so many friends um, and really good friends and a family and everything, and still I am not. I don't feel safe in being, you know, a valuable human being, despite all mm. the evidence to the contrary, because it's so deeply rooted from, you know, that a certain demand or whatever that happened or a certain neglect that happened when I was young and mm. yeah, difficult to fix. Yeah. I also had like for first years are most, more, most important, but yeah, again, what, what do we know? <laughs> Guess we'll find out maybe someday. Sure. Um, also, still thinking about it. If you want kids at all? Yeah. Not sure yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like kids a lot. I would like to have kids, but just not now. <laughs> it's like yeah. I couldn't, like right now, the situation I'm in right now, being separated from my family for months. Um, mm. What would that be? If I had children, like, would I have even, you know, I think about that sometimes, you know, because obviously with my exes, I mean, we're also talking about family and stuff. If I had had that, I couldn't have traveled the way I did, I feel. Um, hmm. I've just been free to yeah. do this nonsense here where we don't get money and <laughs> <laughs> kind of live off welfare half the time. And <laughs> so erratic. Um yeah, yeah but but at the same time like there are people getting children with welfare you get child money right in germany <laughs> so. sure but I, I feel like part of why i'm relatively okay all the time with all those challenges and everything is because it's kind of whatever i'm not responsible mm. for anyone but me and i'm okay yeah. and i will be okay uh, you want, want to do it perfect for your kid right yeah, it's just that sense of responsibility. Like even having this shitty small apartment wouldn't work with a family. And there's the question, where's the money coming from? And no, I need my me time. I, I can't, I can't. Mm. I can, yeah, I love my wife, but three uninterrupted months in one room is challenging. Mm. <laughs> I need my- yeah, two, two, two rooms is beneficial for a marriage, I think. Yes. No, we're definitely looking at every every uh, kind of human uh, <laughs> you know definitely what's... looking into getting a house once i can get uh, back back home hmm. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking like you own the place over there <laughs> um that's gonna be interesting when that time comes where I feel like, you know what, now, I guess it, it does have to do with a certain stability. When I feel like I've done all the things, yeah. I've been plenty stupid. Um, mm. Yeah, then maybe I'll say one day, you know what, now is the time. 
And I'm not going to stress about when that is because I'm even thinking, should I have kids on my own or should I just adopt? He is really putting more children into the world just to die of global warming in a couple of years. Yeah, that's true. But then again, like the first years are so important, right? I think you can adopt babies. Oh. And I mean, it's still, still a good idea to adopt. I don't want to disparage adoption. I think that's like probably one of the most essential like humanitarian acts you can do. I mean, you can you can donate to some foreign country, but you can also just adopt someone who's suffering here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there are plenty again, of kids that aren't wanted. Why not give them yeah. a home? But uh, I feel the same way. Uh, I think like stability is really really important. But you know, as a perfectionist, when do we feel stable? <laughs> I mean, it's today. I mean, right now it's, it's obviously not the case, but. Maybe if we next year we have like um, income you can actually afford <laughs> a bigger apartment with. Who knows? And yeah, for me, I, I sometimes feel like maybe if I, I wait for the right, for the perfect time. I think that's that's also what they say, right? If you wait for the perfect time, it will never come. You should just have children. And I mean, people had children in the worst of times and. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not not too convinced that I have to procreate. I mean, obviously, I think it would be good for the world <laughs> because of how good I am. <laughs> but on the other hand, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of me is like, you know, I would like to see something that is coming from me. But it's also a weird kind of narcissism that is not really that necessary because, I mean, if you raise a kid, it's still going to be you, right? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's a difference, like, on a biochemical level or something like that. I just I just hear, hear a lot that, that, like, having children, that this is, like, really, you, you have to experience this to really talk about it. It's so different. Like, people talk about, like, the, the good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> they can, I can't tell you how it is. Just have to experience it yourself. <laughs> but then I think how much I loved my cat, for example. Right? I didn't I didn't birth that cat, but I loved it anyway. <laughs> because it was mine and it had a, it had a fun personality. And now if I try to imagine that with an actual human being that is gonna grow and gonna turn into a real person and everything. Mm. And I mean that's still yeah, I mean, I I see how much I love my nieces and nephews, you know. So mm. I have no doubt that it makes no difference if that kid has my nose or not. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's still gonna be mine. Could could be better even without your nose. I mean, yeah, I feel so too. Like this business and you know, brain chemistry wise, and you know, there's not oh, yeah. my my heart rhythm problems that I have. That you know about no, I, I have a heart um, defect um so lots of things that maybe don't need to be passed on <laughs> yeah and the rest the personality the what i think makes me me and what makes me awesome mm. that i want to see more of in the world that is all nurture i would say right. i mean you you can do it but like interpersonally you you obviously you live on in the people who remember you but also um Obviously, with our 
Hoot out. You can live forever. Your personality will be stored in uh, easily listenable form yes. for eternity. Then I just make my kids listen to this and then they turn into us and then everything's fine. <laughs> Your kids should be school program all over the world. <laughs> I was actually thinking about it. Just a second. I just heard a phone. Your phone isn't by your mic, is it? No, no, it's... Um, some like over a meter away shouldn't be my phone. Well, mine's over there. Weird. Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna push it a little bit far. It was just one brief thingy. Um, <laughs> when this says until the servers crash, I have backups. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. All right. Uh, I was actually wondering now if because I saw stuff about uh, you know public schools being closed and um, the public ed education sector not being that great in general mm. because of lack of funding and everything. I was thinking, do online schools exist like that? You have well, we we in, in Germany we had like an initiative to digitalize our school system, mm -hmm. and it basically failed. Okay, They're, they just Thought, thought. I think they they were like putting an X amount of a uh, million dollars, a million euros into it, and then everyone was like, "Yeah, let's do that." And then they just didn't do it, and cut it by however many percent. Mm -hmm. And now everyone is like, "Where is this digital school we were uh, hearing about? That would be really handy right now." <laughs> yeah, I think they're probably. A couple of richer schools who have like a decent setup who can do digital courses, but I've heard like there is a lot of uh, will just not happening this year. Mm. Yeah, I was just wondering because um, you know with YouTube and everything, and basically you already have mm. all kinds of courses online. Like most of what I learn. Well, that's what I'm going to say most of. Everything I learn about 3D modeling or something, you know, I go to YouTube, I watch a couple of really cool tutorials. Same with programming techniques or whatever. So basically, this school system is already mm. there, but I'm just wondering, yeah. is there... If you want to fix anything, you Google it or you, you look up on, on YouTube, there will be someone who has a cool video about it. Um, history, politics, there's everything online. Yeah, you're right. Um, I guess you, you you would need like a modern program or school program could look like what are the sources online that you can look into, mm. like a curated list of good videos, good uh, content, because obviously there's also a lot of uh, shit out there, a lot of yeah. fake news <laughs> and <laughs> fake science. Definitely. Or something like school Twitch streams. You know, something to... Yeah. We have so much technology. I mean, I can't be the first person who thinks of this. This has to exist in some form. I was just wondering, you know, if accessibility... And obviously, um, in many countries, accessibility to internet is still also a thing. So this probably mm. wouldn't, like, fix it. Like, even in America, people don't have reliable internet, which is weird. America is actually kind of a third world country, when you think about it. Yeah, I, I just read someone um, on Reddit, like, 
making the argument that you would should call uh, um, places like like the US right now undeveloping because they are not developing anymore. <laughs> They're just yeah, you, you have nothing. You have no healthcare. You have no school system really that yeah. works. It's you have nothing. You have rich people who buy those services, and for the others, you have nothing. It's wild. It always seems like ooh, the greatest nation in the world, but that's yeah, that's just their well, propaganda. That's what they are saying so. <laughs> that is just their propaganda, but really, it's yeah, it's kind of a third world country. Weird. Very weird. Oh well. So, have you been hmm? playing anything lately? Have I been playing anything? Have I? Well, I have been streaming a couple of things. Um, I have. Oh right. Yes, yes. I have been. I finished my Monkey Island, Curse of Monkey Island one. Um, Very enjoyable. I do like that game a lot. Why am I underselling this? I love it. It's one of my favorite games. <laughs> um, it's actually quite good. <laughs> it's decent, decent. And then Didn't I think so. But the, the <laughs> 20th run of the game, still good, <laughs> still pretty good. Hmm. Um, then I did, uh, I started Primordia, and then I had the problem that <laughs> the last time I streamed, <laughs> that's a problem with not having an audience, I noticed after an hour of playing that both the game sound as well as my mic were off. So that was a complete fail and every and there was even like non-bot people in the thing and nobody said anything. It's like did they just what did they what is this? Why is there like a person? <laughs> maybe it wasn't a person. I don't know. Maybe well, just maybe wanted visual. Just watched you muted. Very strange. Um But yeah, so I I gave myself some time to because I don't you know, I cool I, down. I loved it. I loved that episode. It was very. You know, there were some puzzles that I had to really think about and like really work out. I mean, in Monkey Island, I just blaze through because I know the game by heart. But that was like there was like logic puzzles and everything. I, was, mm, I believe you in figuring things out. And how? But isn't <laughs> it also gone. the case that, like, if you lose stuff you created? Like in retrospect, you think about oh, it was so great. Why did I lose it? I will never be able to recreate this. <laughs> the thing is, I thought it was really fun to have that process, right? And now I'm just gonna yeah. go there and solve it. <laughs> yeah, I understand completely. Yeah, you completely right. <laughs> so that's why I figured, you know, at least I'm gonna give myself a week or so to stay away from it, so I can at least mm. go through the dialogue options again. Um, because I figure if I now just run from one to the next, then it's not gonna be as enjoyable to watch. The, but yes, but I've also, um, there is another part of uh, the Cube Escape Rusty Lake series. Um, last time I played the White Door also. Mm -hmm. And there is a new one that came out one or two months after. And I'm going to do this. Yes, I like that series. It's a lot of fun. And of course, the second, Dominique Pamplemousse. Ah. It's also still yeah. on the list. <laughs> De definitely make sure that I'm on there. Like, sure. tell me, tell me uh, the day off, like, so I can mark the space, keep it free, and watch. Because yeah, I mean, really watching your uh, streams, I think 
if I would make an adventure today, I would definitely do voice. Mm. It's so great. Like the voice acting, uh, obviously Monkey Island, but also Primordia. It's so fun. And Dominique Pampelmousse also. <laughs> great voice acting. I mean, very it's... limited range of voices, but <laughs> very fun to listen to. That is such a good game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, this I'm is set in the stream. That. <laughs> I kind of expected that to be more of a gimmick and that I would kind of grow tired of it quickly, but... I started out tired and I grew really fond of it over time. Such a good game. <laughs> it's the mark of a good uh, album and probably the mark of a good game as well. <laughs> yeah. If your dislike is the highest at the start and then the more you play, the more fond you grow. Yeah. I've also been kind of wanting to just... Um, do you remember Splice? Yeah. The movie? No, the game. It was mm. a... It was kind of a puzzle game where you rearrange uh, nodes to like create a compound, a chemical compound or something. Yeah, like like a, yeah, I remember. It was like an Android game. Yeah, uh, Android and PC, I think. Maybe other things too. I, I, but I have it. Yeah, I think, I think it was mobile first. That's what I remember. But yeah, I think I saw it on PC as well. Yeah, so I was just thinking about basically just doing a chill stream of that. Hmm. Maybe I'm gonna do that later. That's because it's like a super nice this uh, piano soundtrack. Hmm. It's just just a chill time. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that sounds good. Have you played something? I saw you play something and you didn't stream it. What? Why? Discord oh. gave it away. <laughs> Sorry, what did you see me playing? Night of the Wood. Night in the Woods. Yeah. How did you see that? When, when you have Discord open, it says under your name what you're playing. What? <laughs> Man. <laughs> I thought it was safe because it's it's not Steam. It's not... Uh, it's the no, I, I Wow. Discord, you traitor. <laughs> and I actually turned it off so that when I do play something during the day when I should be working, you don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I should mean, play games during the day as well. Wait, let me let me just. Uh, where can I set this off? Um, um, outrageous. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Night in the Woods. It's a great game. It's. I think the genre. It's. It's hard for me to really have. A genre in mind for this this kind of game it feels like the uh, what's the other girl uh, the other game with the girl who can travel back in time life is strange life is strange yeah reminded me of life is strange and games just like a life simulator in some way where you you follow a character you play a character but you don't have like rpg choices you can you have a little bit of an influence and what kind in, in how you react on stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's mostly just kind of yes, no, or I am for, or I am against. And in Night in the Woods, a lot of cases, it's just like flavor. It's just, do I say this funny thing or that funny thing? I think they, they actually do um, store some of your choices and bring them back. But as far as I've 
seen there are not really relevant to the story. It's just like a, a neat gimmick. Um, yeah, you play as May, uh, um, 20-year-old uh, college dropout who um, comes back to her parents' house and yeah, lives there now in the in her old town, visits the her old friends, hangs out with them, and has band practice. And I just found, I think, what could be a ghost story I'm following, but there are no like life-threatening stakes. It's just not quite coming of age, but I don't know. A teen story, I guess. Mm -hmm. No, not teen story, but and she's 20. I don't know. It's it's also very very relaxing. Um, you just it's it's a perfect game to play on your couch when you're just done with work. I don't want to sit on my um, on my desk anymore, and I don't want to have any threat of losing. No no action, no horror. Just enjoying something. It's just so honest. <laughs> May is so fun to listen to. She's like a bit rebellious and she has like weird friends and she's lots of faults, which I find great, but she acknowledges them and she, she accepts them for her faults. And she's done a lot of bad things in the past and people are still uh, referencing them, but I don't know what she really did. But yeah, she, she has made a, a name of herself in her little town. I mean, have you played the game? I just assumed I you didn't. Not. No, I have not. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really really lovely. Uh, I love the graphic style. The I know it's just colorful and reminiscent, nostalgic even. Mm -hmm. uh, with some mini games, and you're just yeah living living the story, I guess. And listening to the, the witty dialogue, not voiced, however. But I guess there's a lot of dialogue, so I'm sure they saved a lot of money with this, but I'd love to to hear it. <laughs> Just makes games so much better immediately. Yeah. Just uh, there's a lot of to, to explore. I guess that's that's a little bit different from um the other game I just mentioned, and then immediately forgot again. With the girl, you can... Life is strange. <laughs> Life is strange, right? Life is strange. Yeah, I haven't finished Life is Strange yet either. And Oxenfree is also similar, I think. Yes. But Oxenfree is, is a bit more horror. I guess, yeah. kind of. I mean, I don't yeah. know, in comparison, it's the game itself is a little bit, a little bit weird. I would say it's not directly horror. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, they they all seem like like there should be a genre for for these kinds of games. Not sure if there's a name. It's not a. It, it feels a bit like a visual novel adventure. I guess it is kind of an adventure, just very light on the puzzles. Yeah, a social adventure because the the focus of the game is obviously of the. The characters and their um, relationships. Mm. 
I don't know, let's see what, what thing is listed as. Um, <laughs> and what I really like about the game as well is you kind of have like an optional, very non-intrusive way of storing all your achievements in the game. So it's not like a, the usual game where you have levels and then you just complete the level, can't get to the next, but you have your town and each day you can explore the town, look for people to talk to, and have like one or two adventures. Mm. And then you land back in bed, um, and you can go to sleep, maybe practice your bass, uh, your bass, and uh, play on your PC. They have like a little mini game there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just so lovely made. Um, but everything. Um, each time there's like something significant achieved or you found a secret, mm -hmm. um, she gets out her notebook and just makes a sketch of it. And then you can, anytime you want, you can pull out your notebook and just go through the sketches. And instead of like, like a quest book with uh, text, you see just a little crawling picture of a cat and then a few words like you would do with when you're 20 and I don't know artistic i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really really fun because that way i i don't feel like compelled to achieve everything but i still get a a, a reward if i do it although i am still i'm still like trying to play it as efficient as possible like talk to everyone before i start an adventure because if i start the adventure i will be back in bed and I will not be able to talk to the other people in the meantime and I want to get all the content I can <laughs> uh, even if this means that I'm not really enjoying the content anymore because <laughs> I yeah classic perfectionism in games mm. but uh, yeah th this helps me a lot not to do that that's not like a quest lock because I, I don't know what there is to achieve Hmm. Well, I have to give it a look. I only heard of it so far. Um, hmm. Obviously, seen some screenshots and whatever. But uh... yeah, I mean, when we had the topic before, there, I think one of the people who worked on the game has uh, some allegations against him as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Uh... But yeah, I think that the rest of the team. Should, shouldn't really need to suffer for his mistakes because it's a great game. Yeah, and I think they acted swiftly. Like he was accused of sexual assault and they cut ties with him. Then he killed himself. Um, no what? people. Oh, yeah, he killed himself. Oh, right. That was that. I, I forgot. Um, now, of course, people are harassing the woman who accused him. Where, ho hopefully, where, hopefully, they aren't doing that anymore. I mean, it's well, quite a while back, more than a week. Internet should have forgotten. Well, it's, I mean, I'm kind of hesitant to say, but I guess nobody watches this and can Google it anyway. That's Zoe Quinn. So she gets hmm. probably still constantly dunked on anyway. And I mean, it's just horrible for her anyway, even if there weren't like people harassing her yeah it's just an awful thing to happen to you 
Yeah, she has had a lot of... I mean, you know, speaking of Gamergate, I mean, she's basically uh, who that was kicked off for. Um, hmm. She wrote an autobiography. I have not read that, actually. Um, no. Have you? Is it good? Okay. Interesting. You liked it? Okay. Maybe I'll what's, have uh, what's the name? Let's find that out. So we can... Is it Crash Override? Okay, let me switch switcheroo here. What? Wait, what? Zoe Quinn? Yeah. You know her, right? She... Yeah, of course I know her. I mean, as I said, I... when the whole Gamergate fiasco broke out. I, I got to, um, to see it happening mm. on Fortune, and um, yeah, yeah. So that's huh, interesting. Yeah, I, I always wondered what what we, what she's doing now because she started this uh, cool, uh, counter online abuse. Um, yeah, it's the Crash Override Network. Company? Hmm? Crash Override Network. This right. Yeah. Um, is that still? That is still. That's still, still a thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's such a great idea. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I gotta put that on the. To read list, I guess. Yes. Currently. But hmm? so wait, wait, wait. Just so I get the connection. She was harassed by the guy who worked on the game. She was raped by the guy. Yes. Raped. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really uh, research much of it. All right forgot everything yeah, I haven't really looked at her comments in a while but last time I did they were all it was always no matter what it was about it was always like so do you feel guilty for killing this guy because he killed himself after she um, hmm. uh, sorry your audio skips out on my end uh, um, let me just try to reconnect one more time okay in the meantime I'm gonna quickly get the book that I'm reading right now <laughs> A little bit of dead air for a second, but if I keep yelling, the microphone should stop picking up. <laughs> okay. Are you back? Somehow, yeah. Somehow we are using Discord for our communication, and it skips out on my end, so I, I don't always hear what uh, Hannes is saying, unfortunately. Um, Jana was just saying, I thought he was only mentally abusive. I believe it was also sexual abuse. I think she was... Um, I don't remember the full story. Uh, I think you may be able to find it on her Twitter still. I mm. think she was uh, needing a place to stay at some point, and he coerced her to stay with her, and then it became all kinds of emotionally, mentally, and sexually abusive. Um, mm. So it was... Yeah, it was pretty messy. 
something where she had to call a friend to secretly to come pick her up and things like that to get out of that house. And it was, I read that last year when he killed himself um, because then I heard about it. So I don't remember the details fully. Maybe what I'm saying is not 100% correct. Um, so I guess look it up. But I, I remember it as being uh, also sexually abusive. And I feel like, did mm. I just... Wait, let's see what happened. His name was Alec Olofka. Olofka. And... Wait, let's see. Abuse. Accused of abuse and sexual assault. So, mm. I guess... Well, I guess one has to look at the... She she didn't so Zoe didn't have any influence on Night in the Woods. No. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just remember like she she releasing Depression Quest and like people getting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she getting aware of her. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, at least I I did get aware of her, but she immediately get got so much shit for that and is it even a game or is it not and then typical and then the whole game again um yana yana is just saying um that the guy who picked her up uh from that nine woods guy was the guy who started gamergate (sighs) holy shit does that woman have some terrible luck what well that um picked her up after oh all right great yeah, I mean, I think people have these p- patterns as well, where you, however you, whatever happened in your past when you grew up, that you you feel it, that you get drawn to people, um, that you just you see these patterns and you they are immediately feel familiar. Um, yeah. well, I maybe, feel like maybe feel like that's 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 a bit of a dangerous point <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it's just that that they are like abused and they they look for just any way out and then just the next abuser uses this as their entry point yeah i don't, don't want to victim blame here obviously yeah. i just yeah just wondering why why some people have to suffer like one bad thing after another I don't know. I guess. I guess part of it is surely that there is a whole toxic culture, like literally everywhere. Also, kind mm-hmm. of especially in the work that uh, in our industry. Um, and then, sure. I mean, I can certainly imagine that when you come out of something, you're looking for support, that you're kind mm-hmm. of clamor on to people. Um, and kind of ignore how they might not be good for you or anything. But um, I certainly experienced it myself. I mean, obviously trying to grasp as straws and everything. Um, when I look back at the friends I leaned on and everything, not everyone was really that good for me. Not in the same way, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess that can happen. I just would. I guess in this case, we wouldn't like speculate too much. Uh, on these types of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Jana just said that uh, in the book she says that she was always look the weird kid looking for allies, and those guys seemed nice at first, helped her and stuff. And yeah. I mean, that's also a thing right now. Like, um, I see a lot of warnings here and there from a couple of people um, about men who are accused right now, or who they know that the accusations are still outstanding. Um, that. Basically, they're in the replies of other people, offering their support and everything, while they have their own stories waiting to come out. Mm. So, and I think that is definitely, definitely part of that manipulation to pretend to be one of the good ones to use that as an in. Um, yeah, it's fucked up. <sighs> Um, in terms of books, what I get myself right now is Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. That, uh, that's a writer I've been following for a while. And Wait, what was the subtitle? Notes from the Women White Feminists Forgot. <laughs> so, I'm not very far in yet. I only just got it. <laughs> Um, so I'm excited to read about it, uh, but the introduction is already, I just read the introduction and, uh, the first couple pages, uh, but I haven't quite, like, I feel like I'm on the verge of understanding something new, just about the nature of oppression in general, because it's, um, this is basically about intersection, intersectionalism. If that's mm. the word. Uh, certainly, intersectionality, intersectional mm. feminism. Yeah. Intersectional. Mm. Yeah, basically everything that ties together, um, you know, race, class. Um, but it says on the back, mm. race, class, status, privilege, and power. <laughs> yes, and. I have not fully grasped this idea yet, but there is something with all these things I have in common, also ableism and everything, like mm. how, because I ca catch myself sometimes having this thought of, okay, I'm caring about this thing and I'm focusing on this thing. And so I'm not thinking so much about something else. I have especially, I'm especially bad when it comes to ableism because um, I don't know, in my head, using language like, that's lame or it's crazy or something, you know, it seems like, ah, whatever, mm. you know, but that in itself is still kind of, I haven't even thought about lame, to be honest. It's the first it's... time I, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's so normalized. I feel like ableism is probably still the most normalized thing. Mm. Um, we have because we know racism is bad we know homophobia is bad we even know that transphobia is bad even though those are the most vulnerable uh, people with a really shockingly low life expectancy um, but still ableism is this widely accepted thing where we don't think about it much I mean we know we're not supposed to say the R word but uh, everything else like even you even see that how it, how it's becoming more part of the conversation. How you see on Twitter sometimes people asking for images to have an 
alt text so that screen readers can read it or to capitalize in a certain way or hmm. transcribe certain statements and things like that. And then you see what Naughty Dog is doing with um, The Last of Us 2 with all the accessibility options and things. It's becoming more part of the conversation. But, uh, hmm. but yeah, but that's still a thing where I'm not so good with because I'm, you know, always have that in my head. Ah, well, is that really so bad or something? But it's all part of it, and it's all built on the same, the same thing. Like all oh, oppression works in the same way. And if I'm saying I care only about this, but not about this, I'm not really caring about oppression. Really, I said that's a common, mm. common thing that I can't articulate yet. I have to read some more. I have not really fully grasped it yet, but there is something where, where I feel like close to close to something hmm. yeah ableism seems to be to be the 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 one that's now the easiest to rationalize still mm. like we were all told like okay all races are the same and then we were told like okay like women and men they're also they're equal yeah but ableism seems like yeah well they are just not not quite on the same level as we are because they have a their their um disabilities Mm. So maybe maybe that's part of the why it's taking so long or why it's so hard for us. Yeah, I mean the lack of care is certainly contributing to a like uh, societal misunderstanding of what disabilities are. Like, mm. I'm not even sure. Do I? I feel like I've read something. I'm not sure if it was about disability or the way disability is framed. Um, oh yes, that was in uh, conjunction with Queer Eye, where they had um, a wheelchair-bound man, and the I think the episode, as well as maybe the organization that he founded, was called uh, Disabled But Not Really, and there was a discussion about how that is kind of a problematic framing, because mm. it frames disability as something undesirable and bad and what means you can't do certain things or something when really just you just have a different experience and that mm. the problem is not that you're lacking anything but that the world is just callously ignorant of it and not accommodating as it is for everybody else um you know where we basically have a, have a default that excludes people and then we treat them like less yeah i guess People understand disabled as less able. And I think in some cases, it's just a, a different kind of able rather than... But I also know far too little about this to like hmm. say really anything on that topic. But uh, but yeah, it is certainly... There, there, there was an interesting short animation video. Um, I'm not sure if, if it even was German where there's a whole city where everyone was in a wheelchair and then mm -hmm. they had their, their first uh, non-wheelchair person there. And mm -hmm. then they started to think about what they have to do in the city to improve the life for the poor person who doesn't have a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So they, yeah, yeah and, and, and yeah, just flipping it and then looking at the, the whole situation and, and yeah, how they are like putting him down for not having a wheelchair and, you know, making the, the point that really we, we should think of it like in another way than a disability, but just that it's just different. 
Yeah. That's really what it is because um uh, let me see if I can put this together. Because um I think the criticism that this episode got um was how they kind of framed it, oh look, he can't even reach the stove or something like that and and thus framing it like, oh this poor man, he can't live like a normal person. When really they didn't discuss how the house was built for a non-wheelchair person and then obviously it doesn't work for a wheelchair person and that it's really just a question of okay you got to design the house differently because i mean we also don't put shelves you know on the ceiling where we can't reach them because that would be silly so similarly for a wheelchair person why would you build something with high counters and everything right so it's not mm. a thing of i am less capable just uh, my environment is wrong you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I guess it's a it's a typical problem that uh, the majority kind of defines what is normal, and then sees everybody who's different as lacking something or being you know, yeah. incapable of something. When really it's just normal is built on my needs, and I'm ignoring everyone else's, and then I'm acting like that makes them less, you know, less than me, because they have different yeah. ones. Can't find the video unfortunately but yeah well if you do it's a uh, it it's the point hmm? if you do send it to me <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't i unfortunately did not um but yeah this and it seems like an um an honest argument at first to say like obviously if we have to define a default or a normal then it's what most people have or have not but First of all, I don't think this was really ever done fairly because we have so many differences. It's, it's weird um, to to do something like that. And it's really not helping anyone. Yeah, for sure. That's also a thing I kept thinking about a lot when I was working with uh, Jade on the natural tone because um, obviously the whole project was designed to um, give an insight into her experiences um, in her living with autism mm. and obviously we talked a lot, we became good friends and everything and it is really She's not very different. You know, that's that's even that's even a thing. You know, you always think of autism as this debilitating. These people live in their own dream world, kind of thing. I mm. guess because that's what you see in movies. You know, people can't do anything really, just being totally out of it, and really, it's just normal people. With, uh, they just approach stuff like a little bit differently. I mean, I know that um, having special interests is a thing. Like she loves the Hulk, for example, and so gets very excited by Hulk, buys everything that has to do with Hulk. It's like a like an intense hobby, I guess. Um, and otherwise, I think it's mostly sensory stuff, getting overwhelmed when there's too much noise. Mm. But then, not liking crowds. But then, how is that different from us not liking crowds? You know. <laughs> so, yeah. 
in the end, it's just, it's not that different as, as we're being taught it is. It's just normal people. You know? That's kind of the, maybe the, the weirdest realization of we've been conditioned to consider them as different. Yeah. We just don't want to, you know, think about the small tweaks, the really, really small tweaks. You know, like having a wheelchair ramp on a building. Like, what's the, what's the harm in that? We do it for bikes, you know, to get off uh, train tracks or something. And so it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's just that it's like the design has to be done for the benefit of people. Yeah, it's um, kind of similar to um, the the soap dispenser that only worked for white people. Yeah. Things need to be just designed by diverse people. And it's not a big adjustment or anything. It's like really just if only one group of people designs for everyone, it's not never going to mm. work for everyone. And yeah. it's not like we have to do like inconvenient things. There's literally nothing inconvenient about it. It's <laughs> really, yeah. really simple. I mean, if you w would be a designer and your main goal would be to make it as um, enjoyable to use, as good to use for as many people as possible, you would have to consider all these uh, different perspectives and uh, different challenges. Um, yeah, but obviously <laughs> there's a very hard limit. Designers are more interested in making it look good and making sure that it sells. Yeah, I think... I think it would be cool if we in our games also paid more attention to accessibility options and stuff. Mm. I mean, now that, especially now that we have a blueprint from Naughty Dog, it's like we don't even have to figure out much on our own anymore. So, yeah. That's, it's especially, I mean, that's also kind of the annoying thing about it, not just that we're being told the wrong thing, but that we are also kind of. Sorry. I guess being conditioned not to care, like it doesn't matter. Like, ugh, why do you need a colorblind option? Like, who's that really for? But then you see people, you know, how people react to these options. Like, uh, that was powerful to see in some places how disabled people were playing the game. And I saw a couple of people burst into tears just seeing the care put into this stuff and it's just like this is not this is not a huge effort and you can make a difference for someone i mean that that's why you make games right yeah not to make everyone happy but for a few people to be bursting into tears i mean <laughs> at least for me that that's the goal <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not I, burst into tears i that's do more, try more to get thing. people to cry but <laughs> um but yeah yeah, and it really, yeah, there's no reason that, not to do it. It's, maybe it's not easy. Maybe you, you have to, to take some care, but it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and I mean, we've been kind of, uh, I mean, we've been briefly talking about it before, uh, because I think um, Holly Green, uh, at some point, uh, who is also very active now in the in this Me Too thing that is happening in our industry right now. Remind um, me again who Holly Green is. Um, she is a editor at Paste Magazine. Um, I think she... Did she Sorry, work for... Sorry, the audio skipped. 
uh, pace. It, it, it's getting worse and worse. Um, Why is this always happening? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, we have to use something else for the audio. Maybe TeamSpeak or... Um, while I look up, do you want to reconnect? Okay, let's try it. But it didn't help before. I don't think it will help this time. Okay. Well, that's not nice. Um, so anyway, Holly Green, person to follow. Not least because of that amazing poop header. <laughs> um, yes, so she's edited Paste Games. Um, also written for Polygon, Gamma Sutra, Unwinnable and stuff. I'm not sure if she used to be at uh, Destructoid. Or maybe that's just because I know that she and Jim Sterling, uh, Jim Sterling know each other. But anywho. Um, but yes, Hoddy Green, uh, cool person. You should, everybody should follow her. That's also where you can get a lot of information about what's going on right now. Um, Will do. Um, as well as. But yes, because we like, had like just <laughs> the, the last couple of uh, times I really uh, logged into Twitter, I just <laughs> looked at what you were tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. since you mentioned that, I tried to retweet stuff that I think you should see. <laughs> but also, I hope you follow everyone that I recommend on my follow people list. Um, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, I have my own weird uh, kind of rationalization who I follow and who I won't follow. Uh -huh. I go on their, their uh, page and then I read the last couple of things. And if, I, if I'm into it, I do follow. And if I think like, ah, doesn't and really, isn't really in my sphere of interest most of the time, then, then I don't. But I, I do try to find more diverse people to follow because, well, frankly, I'm just interested yeah. in different perspectives. Um, and this one also, uh, at Better the Mask, um, Megan Jayanth. Um, she's uh, collecting a lot of stuff that's happening and also a lot of people has been very outspoken also about the previous thing that I mentioned with the... Hmm. Game Workers Unite, uh, I think it was called. Um, anyway, so these are two people that are good to follow. Uh, Holly Green was at Winner, Winners Use Drugs, and this is at Better Than Mask. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Holly Green had uh, a couple months ago. We, I, I, I posted it in our uh, in our chat. Um, talked about more more customizations in difficulty than just easy, ah. medium, hard. And I think that is also part of uh, what Naughty Dog did that um, you have tweaks for everything, kind of that you can decide how durable the enemies are, how aggressive your teammates are, how many mm. uh, resources you find along the way and everything. And I saw some people like talk about that. Um, one said he had uh, some condition where his fine motor skills but like that's a little bit slow and so that shooting for him is difficult but he still if he goes down a level then it gets boring and the challenge is gone so that mm. he could uh, set it to the enemies taking a little less 
damage or like being able to take less damage and the team being a little bit more aggressive but everything else the puzzles and the resources you find being just the same that you guys still have to like really plan and strategize and everything that made for a game experience where his motor skills were working that was worked for the motor skills but still the challenge being there and that's just that seems like such a you know simple thing to do you know, sounds like to, good design i mean yeah. why not why not um to use all these attributes um expose them uh exactly they're there so, anyway right yeah you, you need to to uh balance stuff yeah yeah that should be should be an easy thing to do and yeah. i mean i'm sure we will do this we will <laughs> add this yeah because uh yeah certainly only all right only so, one more week before we can actually talk about what we are working on right now. Exactly. So I guess we're at the end of our show then. Yeah. Do we have any other topics? No, right? Nothing that's really pressing. Okay. So then at the very end where everybody's already left. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, yes. Next week, next Friday, in this hour hoot out, that we have now, if you notice this, uh, decided to do an hour later than usual. So it's no longer at 4. It is at 5 p.m. CEST now. Um, and yes, next week. Yes, Wendersil is still here. And I think Jana is still here too. Good people. You should you should follow them, by the way. Wendersil and Red King's Lair. You can watch some neat I, I think they are both already following each other. So... Well, I'm saying this for the people who watch it on YouTube later or yeah, listen to it on, that we don't have any on Spotify, for example, right. <laughs> where you can find us as well, um, as well as iTunes and Stitcher, by the way. But yes, next anyway. week, next Friday, we are finally going to announce what we're doing with our lives. <laughs> um, well, it sounds a bit bigger than it actually is. <laughs> well... I mean, it's true though. We don't have to do big things with our lives. We do this one small thing. <laughs> I mean, just I think we're doing more with our lives than just working on this one project. I don't know. I haven't done anything else these last month, so. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. So that should be fun, I guess. Uh, we have a neat little thing prepared um, that we're gonna watch together here it's I'm, even, I'm even thinking still about um just setting it to premiere because then you have a notification up on youtube that already says at this point in time the video is gonna go live mm -hmm. so that might be a fun marketing tool but now also we have sounds good yeah but then the video is not watchable for the journalists because we sent it unlisted that they can ah. watch it if we set it to premiere they can't watch it so maybe okay. we do it a day before or something. I don't know. Yeah, the day off, day before. I guess day day off, maybe. I was thinking if people like see it, the forty subscribers we have. <laughs> or can we just do another upload? That is also an option. Maybe we will do that. Um, although, then some link. If someone writes an article about it, then that would link to a different video than the one that's going live. Hmm. And we're splitting our audience. I don't think the the, the journalists will link to the video because okay. it's not it's private. So, 
Well, they can embed it if they want. Oh, that okay. works. That works. Well, then it shouldn't be a problem for them. Yeah, I mean, it's literally just a thing of if we set that same video to Premiere, it's not going to be... Hmm. I think we are getting too detailed right now. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, all of this is to say we have a video, we have yeah. our announcement. A great uh, new announcement. Yes, it should be should be Next fun. Game. And then we can talk finally talk about all the stuff we are doing. Yes, then we're going to discuss so, our marketing and whatever else, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess, but I guess, uh, honest, we'll, honestly, we, we might still talk most of the time about just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get too excited about that, but get excited about the announcement and the great. Yeah, I guess we have and... to plan a little bit what we're gonna do this time. Yeah, and it, I was still thinking, let's do half an hour of just chit chat, and then yeah, so people have time to join us, and yeah, that should be fun. Cool beans. So that's what one, we are going one to last do. one last yes. question. Red King's Slayer is asking if we are going to be part of the climate change jam. Well, let's have a look at that. Yes, when when is that? Because obviously, three months. Climate, climate change fire. is a very important topic, and that I do want to um, contribute to. Certainly. Okay, let me put that in. Oh, no. Okay, is that a bit more? Oh, that was too much. Okay, so <laughs> in four months, it seems. Well, why not? Why the heck not? Is it an online gem? I'm guessing so, yes. Alle Saale? Oh, it's a warm-up jam. Ah, see, uh, Red King's Lair says, yes, it's online. Okay. Coolio. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna join it. I'm gonna join from my private account, but... Well, my private account. My L. Krebman. No, just Krebman on... It's also confusing. I think I'm krebman.h.io. Mm. <laughs> um... And then we'll see. As I said, I cannot plan that many months ahead because I have literally no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, just gonna um, make a reminder. Well, if you join, you should get a reminder when it's about to happen. All ah, right, I can just click on join, obviously. Yeah, I'm not really, really um, used to the jams uh, on itch.io. Only did one so far. Our own. <laughs> <laughs> Which we also need to do. Right, yeah. Well, I guess we can talk about that after our super secret announcement. Yay. Okay, I can find the jam, but I will, I will, after the, the stream, I will find it. You can just send me a link. To. I think I, I'm a little bit. Yeah. The link to what? To the climate change. Or yeah. you can just it's uh, in the post chat? it in. Is it in chat? Uh-huh. Can you see it? No, it's not. Well, it's right there under, under where Jana asked. <laughs> There's a link. Oh. Ah, it's just white. No, it's because I'm not logged in. It's, um, it's censored. They're censoring your free speech. Oh no. 
Not the speech. Not my precious nonsense speech. All right. Let's censor <laughs> ourselves and uh, stop this podcast. <laughs> yes, let's do that. It uh, was a pleasure. Thanks for, um, thanks for joining us. Also, thanks uh, Red King Slayer for mentioning the jam. You did not hijack it. We did that ourselves because we yes. think it's a cool thing to to jam on about. Absolutely. And uh, now, also cool. Supporting the Black Lives Matter movement and the Yemen crisis. So here's two of the resources um, that has a collection of petitions, uh, places to donate, information on the whole thing. So look that up. Do something. For God's sake, do something. And Even if you think you don't have any, you're not really making a difference at all. Yeah, look at this. We're not making it difference, but do it anyway because you have to just do something. Try, yeah, just try it a little bit. Just look into it. Just try to change your own mind. Maybe sign a petition or two, do some donations, text or call, vote, and more resources. Even just learning about it is something. So, because I also still need to learn so much more about Yemen, but it is yeah. a mess. A proper fucking mess. Yeah, and there's a adults. I'm afraid we are responsible now. It's the downside of being grown up, sort of. Hmm. Well, no, it's an upside because then we can do something, even with small resources. Because even even a couple of bucks helps. Even signing a petition helps, and it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, if you sign into change.org you literally just open the page click sign um, you don't even have to do much don't donate to change.org though yeah that's confusing the money does not go to the campaigns it goes to their marketing budget so that contributions that your friends are doing that's also a lie they also put that there just when people share it um, yeah. so don't do that donate directly to the things uh, listed not to change.org change is a bit dubious, but honestly, dubious. it's the easiest way to do a little bit. And if this is all you're doing, at least you're doing something. And if you're doing nothing, well, you can at least do this. <laughs> exactly. All right, then. See Good next talk. Week. It was surprisingly long because it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> at least for us, I guess. Um, <laughs> so have a good week. And yes. have a good week. Remember to be a good person. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.